out of the swamp and into Bitcoin Grow. This is Captain Brunch. Swinging around stats, it's Chimp. How's it going? Happy Saturday, November 11th, 2023. Remember, remember, the 11th of November. LaCroix, Chex Mix, and Oreo. (laughs) I have to tell everybody, they can't see the table, but it's full of a bunch of snacks you just purchased at exorbitant prices. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to help a good cause. The local... The local co-working space snack bar. <laughs> How nice of you. I hope those entrepreneurs uh, make it one day. I do like the way the place looks, though. So there's yeah. That, there's that. Yeah, Bitcoin Grove, it's a little more down to earth, I feel like, right now, a little more practical. I like that green filing cabinet. That's what I'm missing <laughs> in my life is a filing cabinet. Oh, yeah. Filing cabinets are nice. They're very useful. If anyone out there has a filing cabinet, you, let me know. You have to use them is the main thing, though. Like, there's... It, it doesn't help much to have a filing cabinet, but not to use it. Well, you could sit on it. Uh, you could put stuff in it. You could put stuff against it. So I don't know. You could block pathways. It's pretty useful. <laughs> Look, there's another one back there. That one's too big. No, that's that's yeah. the perfect size. It's a th- it's just two, one on top of the other. It we, serves at the table as well. What did you think about the um, potential uh, podcasting room? I would like to be in there now, but you said there's no light. I don't really need light, but I would prefer to, I prefer to have a little bit of light. So, you know, we'll get in there next week. I'll make sure to plug in some lights and stuff and to get the light situated. Um, I'll, we, I'll we, bring you one of those like night lights. Can you also bring me a blanket? Uh, no. Oh, damn. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be enough then. With the blanket, maybe you wouldn't have to bring the light. You know, if you just bring me the blanket, I could probably be okay with just, I can bring you a blanket, just but- Captain Brunch and a blanket in the dark podcasting all my Saturday blankets night. all my blankets are dog blankets so they <laughs> might come with some extra oh god okay no deal no deal but uh we just got we just picked up a big table last um on tuesday i helped Roz bring it into bitcoin grove big wood hardwood table it's uh you know it's a little worse for wear but it's it's a nice and <laughs> well what are you drinking <laughs> la croix pure sparkling water Yes, you are also drinking that. What are you? What are you drinking now? A Voodoo Ranger. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Bitcoin Grove. So recently, I um. Oh man, I feel like I messed up some of my notes. I I recently left work. By recently, I mean yesterday. I'm supposed to leave work at four p.m. and I left work at three thirty p.m. Stomach already hurts. Oh damn! It's the psychosomatic kicking. Don't in. drink anymore, then. Continue. Give give yourself like a few minutes. Don't drink anymore, and then if it if it gets worse, then don't drink anymore. If and if and if it gets better, then maybe you know it's your brain. I just have to discharge some gases. Okay. Continue. That's... So four, <laughs> four o'clock. Yeah. So I left at three thirty because I kind of finished all the jobs that I was working on, and there wasn't really anything else that I could do except for just kind of kill half an hour. So I made the personal executive decision to clock out half an hour early and uh, to go home, to be on my merry way, to enjoy my weekend. And I don't know, I kind of, on the way out, I saw one of the managers and he didn't really, and you know, he didn't really give me like a look or anything, but I don't know, I feel like he kind of has it out for me. So we're going to see on Monday if he has it out for me, Uh, which I don't really care. Did you take a lunch? 
I took a lunch. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't charge the company for eight hours. They, they're only going to pay me for the hours that I, because I guess you could have said, well, I didn't take a lunch. So I'm leaving early. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say if they, if they ask me about it, I'm just going to say, look, I clocked out early. I only, I only wrote up seven and a half hours of, of time. You weren't available should we have needed you. We pay you for availability. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself if you want. I, I mean, what, what, the, the excuse me, chimp. What I meant to say was, in, in the industry, we have this saying. It's, what is it? Um, no do jobs after three. <laughs> no new jobs after three. So, you know, if I'm clocking out at 3.30, that means that there's no time for them to give me a new job that I would actually be willing to start at 3.30 on a Friday. So I was really saving them money. Would you be in a position, is your job the position where you have to get somewhere to get to the job or could you have completed some sort of task at the, wherever you work? There are very few tasks that I can complete in half an hour. Could you clean? Clean what? I mean, my, I keep my area relatively clean. So I'm like constantly vacuuming and tidying up around my space. So maybe, maybe the manager wanted his car washed. I'm not there to wash people's fucking car. That's a half hour <laughs> task. That's not a half hour task. <laughs> 20 minutes. You're right. 20 minutes to wash someone's car. Like how long does it take people to wash your car? And how many people is it? I don't remember the last time my car was washed. <laughs> okay. So you're not a, a subject area expert on Probably the I don't let people into my car. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I really don't worry too much. Like if they decide to give me crap for it, like the worst they can do is fire me. And then I just have to get a new job. So life goes on. Well, laddie freaking dog. <laughs> I do feel Mr. good though, because this week I replaced 15, um, like uh, tube lights in this yacht on, in their kitchen. They had like this old style, um, like fluorescent or halogen tubes and like a bunch of them didn't work properly and they were the bulbs themselves are very expensive. So they wanted to switch to LEDs. And so they had this whole, you know, like they had the new products ready. They just needed someone to come in and rip out the guts of the old system and install the new ones. And so I was, I was able to do that in one day. I thought it was going to take me two. So I was like, I'm not really proud of myself. So I'm like, you know, if they fire me, I don't give a fuck because I know how to install lights. I'm going <laughs> to congratulate myself and leave early. <laughs> fuck you guys. Okay, we have to like not curse this episode because last episode was. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm angry at the world. All right. <laughs> Speaking of angry, I want to read this quote from my friend Andy's new book. So remember, we have to remember the eleventh of November. So that's why we we shouldn't curse. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Out of respect for the eleventh, the eleventh of November. So my friend Andy's writing a book, and he's still kind of picking a title, but right now it's called it's kind of called like Andy's alternative economy or Andy's angry alternative economy. But anyways, I've mentioned Andy before because he's a world traveler. And so in this book, he, you know, he's talking about, um, well, in the first chapter, he talks a lot about Henry David Thoreau's Walden first chapter called economy. And there's just a great quote in his second chapter that I just started reading. I'm, I'm helping him edit the book amongst other people who are helping him edit the book. He's talking about the work ethic of Latin Americans, which is something that I've absolutely noticed both in Colombia when I visited Colombia and in Brazil in several of the times that I've been to Brazil. And it's not, it's not to say that all Brazilians are like lazy or, or don't take 
work seriously, but that there is like a certain significant portion of these populations that don't take work seriously. Um, and so he's talking about that in this, in this quote that I'm going to read to you. And I'd love to just talk about it to get your thoughts on it. Quote, it's hard to Wait, work. What do we need a trigger warning? Are you make any racist statements about mm. Latin American? No, <laughs> no, no. Okay, making sure. Okay. Quote, carry on, carry on. Okay. Quote, it's hard work to hardly work. But where there's a will, there's a way. In 200 normal nation cultures, when it rains, they stop. When they are hungry, they stop. And most of the morning is spent cooking food. I have lived in the traditional economy for the last 25 years. And it is a lot of work to get these cultures to work. When they say they will be over in 10 minutes, I sort of laugh to myself and put aside two hours. Say what you're going to do and do it is not the motto in the time has no value economy. I'm using that phrase because when you, when they say they will be over in 10 minutes, it means nothing. They do not care about time. 10 minutes is the same as 30, 60 or 90 in a world where time has no meaning. The phrase just means I'll be over soon, sort of, end quote. So what do you think? Do you know, do you know any human beings like that? Like, any people who, so the example that I think of is my cousin. She was getting um, some construction done on her house in, in Guarulhos, Sao Paulo. And she got these, she got this guy, um, I guess, which, which they called like a, what's a pedrero? Like a pedrero is. Like in reference to rocks? Maybe <clears> like a. No, but he's um, like a mason maybe kind of. Okay. Yeah. Get it. But not really. And, and from the. He lived in, in a favela and I just, so I just remember it kind of gave me this impression of the favela, even though, I mean, I'm, I don't want to generalize about people from the favela, but she would talk about how some days they wouldn't show up or some days they would show up, but like, you know, halfway through the day and then they'd already lost half of the working day. And so, you know, by the time they actually really got going, it was already nighttime and they couldn't see and they had to stop working. And so... You know, my cousin, who was herself, you know, working class person, uh, you know, not extremely privileged by any means, you know, she was complaining about how this culture, this attitude or this way of being was, you know, it was affecting her because she was trying to open a like a little kind of a quickie mart and like a lunch counter. And the sooner that that would get done, she would be able to open this business and start making money. And so the fact that the construction of this little store was taking three, four times longer than it should have because of, of the lack of work ethic of these workers, they weren't employees. I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, that's the other thing is that it wasn't a formal arrangement, right? Like there's not a lot of formality in these circumstances. That's probably one of the bigger parts of it. And if, like, if there's no competition, then there's no incentive to work harder or get it done quicker. Yeah. So, I mean, but like, like, have you, if, like if you're doing additions to your house, like, oh, you know, maybe today I'll work on it. Maybe not. Maybe I'm going to do something else instead. There's actually someone down the block from me. They've been, been working on their house. And it's been taking forever, but it's not, they're not working on it every day. But he's also doing it for himself. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so Andy was talking about how it was this one day in Lomi, 
Togo, Togo, West Africa. Um, It's a country that he likes to visit. And it was raining pretty hard. And he was home and he got kind of hungry and he wanted to eat crackers or something. So he walked to one of the nearest little shops or markets and it was closed. And so so that, that whole kind of monologue started with him reacting to the fact that you know, in that country of Lome, when it was raining, the people didn't have their stores open because for whatever reason, you know, like they didn't want to work when it was raining. They didn't expect people to come when it was raining, whatever the case might be. And then in, in that particular quote, he also mentions that, um, what does he say? Like, uh, most of the morning is spent cooking food, you know? So that's like saying that, you know, that you can show up someplace, but if it's breakfast time, they're not going to be open because they're going to be still preparing or eating breakfast. Whereas, and then this is in comparison to the United States where we have like a very rigid notion. (laughs) Like open, you know, you're doing exactly this, exactly that. And this goes to what I was just talking about, right? Like, this is funny because I put these two, these two points together, but I didn't even really think about it. Right. Like the notion that I'm sitting here feeling guilty for leaving work half an hour early and I'm not stealing time, you know, like I'm not charging them for it. I'm not pretending like I left at four. Like I clocked out at three 30. My time card is only for seven and a half hours, but I'm worried about the, you know, the, the future of my work. Whereas this guy's sitting here complaining about, he can't even get people to open their, their stores, you know, and this is something I've seen him complain about in, in several countries that he's visited, you know, where he'll say there's some restaurant that says it's supposed to open at nine o'clock and he gets there at nine 30 and they're still not open. Like maybe they open at 10 or 11 that day. They just decided and it's their business, right? Like it's their private business. They can do whatever the hell they want. But in the United States, like we would flip our shit. Imagine going to anything. Imagine going to the Starbucks and they just decided not to open that day. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, we just I mean it does happen. <laughs> like they're late as fuck. And damn it, late. They're late <laughs> as heck. <laughs> late as heck. And it's just like and you're like, what the hell? But it only really matters if you're trying to get somewhere. You know, like, shoot, I have like half an hour before I have to get to work and I really need to get my coffee and these mother crackers are late. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new one, Mother Cracker. <laughs> Mother Cracker. Oh, speaking of crackers, I just watched this video this week. And you were, you, were, you were talking about African people eating crackers. Yeah. So they're cannibals. No, he wasn't an African person. And crackers are not black people. It's a word that's used to describe white people. I know, so exactly. I, so, Oh, the cannibals. I get it. I get it. I, I was doing some weirdly confusing race and species for that moment. So I, I watched this video on YouTube this week. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, Dunn is his doctor. I think it's Dr. Marvin Dunn. And he is a, um, an African-American from, from here in Florida. And he's a historian. And he had just did a video this week with his brother, who is a pastor, I think. Maybe their other brother's a pastor. But anyways, he just did this video talking about cracker culture. So apparently, (laughs) it's funny to you. I mean, apparently this was an actual culture. Um, Cracker refers not to, it's not a a term for white, it wasn't, it didn't originate as a term for white people generally. It was a term for a specific kind of white people. White trash. And it was, no, it was um, was like cowboys. It was like Floridian cowboys. So they would like crack the whip. And so that's where- I've actually actually heard of that. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. 
I don't know where I heard it from. But so that's interesting. Familiar. Like, cause this, you know, this historian was talking about the research he did into cracker culture. And it was really because some neighbors of it, cause he's, he owns land in a part of Florida called Rosewood where there was like some horrible, horrible, like massacre done to some African-American a family, or maybe it was like a, a village. I don't remember some horrible story that I don't want to remember right now. But the point is that his cracker neighbors had invited him to their house one day and then like they were telling him about, you know, their cracker culture. And so he was like, whoa, I didn't know that. And so then, you know. I want to go back to the whole uh, time thing. Yeah. I'm wondering like the effects of the culture on the people. Like, like, what about somewhere that has more rigid time structure? Like if they have a train that goes throughout the, the um, you know, the country or something or some sort of like versus some, you know, like, like old school where people told time by the sun or by the fact that the bell in the church was ringing. Yeah. But who, right? So the people like with the bell in the church is going to be one set of people. So depending on where you are, like if you're in an establishmentarianist place where you have to worship the local religion, then those signals are important to the general public because they are a way for you to avoid getting punished. Right. But Whereas in, maybe, in general, I mean, if you hear a lot loud ass bell and you, you know, okay, it's getting late. Well, whether, whether you believe in whatever deity it is. Yeah. But some people stay out late, right? So there's, there's bars and other but, I mean, things it, like that. In terms of like telling time. But, but so telling time is what you were saying earlier. It's about what's your goal. So if you have goals in life, then telling time is important. So let's say agriculture, right? Knowing what season of the year it is, knowing um, when to do certain behaviors, those are important. So like maybe not on a day-to-day -day basis, it's so important to know what time it is, but like on a calendar seasonal basis, it's important to know what time it is. But let's say as agriculture gets further and further centralized and like fewer and fewer people are making more and more food for more people, you have the population now, the seasons aren't so important to them and knowing what time of year it is, isn't so important. Um, I, mean, I, I would say even on a day-to-day -day basis, like right now I know it's time to eat breakfast. I'm not going to open until I finish eating my breakfast. Like, like my body says right now it's time to eat. Speaking about goals in life, <laughs> yeah. what are your goals in life? Um, I mean, I've got lots of goals in life. Um, one of them was to do the time chain vortex kind of conference thing. <laughs> I like that segue. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe you had a point in asking me, but, did. Uh, but so that was a good segue, uh, but it seems like right now I'm less likely to be doing, to be trying to do that next year because the, oh. I mean, it's not like your job. No, I'm not worried about losing my job. I'd get another job pretty easily. That's not a problem. That's not a problem for me. I'm in a very high demand industry. Um, until you're not. Well, yeah, yeah. Until, I mean, I can, I can stop working in that industry, right? Like I can get fired and then never get another job theoretically. I mean, that's what happened to the tech industry. That's an, I'm not worried about that. I'm, are, you, are we going to have a, a discussion? Like, okay, I work in an industry that's a luxury good. So despite like the, Continue your time despite, despite the volatility <laughs> of the tech industry, it's not like computers have ever gone away. It's not like luxury computing and luxury computer electronics goods have ever gone away. Like they have not gone away. They've actually just only increased in number. Uh, there's more consumer electronics today than ever before. But what if the communists take over and then they make them sell all their boats? What are you going to do? 
the communists are not going to take over. If and why would the the communists mark his will, words? The mark communists words. will make them sell their yachts to communists. So then I will be working for for just rich communists instead of rich capitalists. They are communists. Perfect. I'm a whateverist. Uh, but I'm still going to be doing the Bitcoin vortex. So uh, I think I'm just like since February is kind of my, um, you know, my goal for the next Bitcoin vortex. I'm just going to try to put more attention into making that go really well, as opposed to trying to focus on, um, you know, as opposed to trying to do this other conference at the same time, because I really want to have the nonprofit organization formed and there really hasn't been too much momentum with that yet. So it's like, I really want to get that put together and to respond to something that uh, Panda said in the chat room in regards to, practicing the craft. I also want to mention that I recently did an install of underwater lights and they did not leak. Nice. Okay. Five under. Okay. I, I, I assisted in the plugging of five holes in a yacht <laughs> and it, and no leaks. Okay. So I am practicing my craft and that's why I'm not worried about losing my job because again, I'm in an industry where they need people who are willing to practice their craft. I'm happy for you. So I was... I was just writing down a show <clears throat> title. Commie Craft. I hope you... What? Commie Craft. Commie Craft. I was... So there's a, a graphic novel kind of thing called Time Chain Codex. And I don't remember why I was thinking of this name, Time Chain Codex, but I think because one of the things that I want to do with the nonprofit organization is I want to create an archive, an archive of like material that you might consider like a Bitcoin educational material. And I'm partly influenced by the Mises Institute in Auburn, Alabama. So I attended their Mises university in 2004, summer of 2004. And so it's maybe they, maybe they have a new building now, but back then it was this kind of like quaint two story. You went to Alabama? Yeah. In 2004. Hmm. Auburn, Alabama. Oh, wow. nice uh, like college town. A lot of like red brick buildings. Young and going to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I was seventeen at the time. I, was I seventeen at the time? Yeah, I was seventeen at the time. So the Mises Institute, which is a an economic think tank, they have a library, and so that's kind of you know I sort of want my Bitcoin educational nonprofit to be a think tank, and I want it to both create content, but also archive content. And so one of the names that I've kind of been thinking about for this archive is Time Chain Codex. And so I looked up Time Chain Codex and I had forgotten that that was the name of this graphic novel. So I started reading, the, it was, it's a graphic novel by Fractal Encrypt. And I started, I read the first one. There's like apparently a several of them. So I read the first one and it was pretty good, but then I had to stop myself from reading the second one because I have this whole uh, sort of conceit where I am avoiding consuming um, like philosophically minded content about Bitcoin. Why? So it's, it's part of my essay writing. So I'm trying to capture in my essays what I would consider to be my own thoughts about Bitcoin. And so I'm, I, I'm trying to avoid other people's thoughts. I mean, other than the people who come to brunch to talk to me, 
because I, I need to sort of flesh my ideas out. And so the essays are a reaction to the conversations that happen at brunch. But I don't want the content of the essays to be reactions to the mainstream of Bitcoin discussion, you know, so like some, oh, you know, this guy wrote this paper or this guy made this video or did you see this thing? And like, so generally I try to avoid most of that. Most of the Bitcoin media that I consume tends to be um, maybe a little more technical, oftentimes above my head. It's, it's more about me trying to understand technologies than it is about me trying to grasp the current like public discourse of the culture. And so that that's kind of like the way that I am trying to make my contribution. I'm like trying to say, you know, like I'm trying to see, okay, after this 100 essays, then I'm going to start consuming more of like these, you know, people are like, oh, have you read the Bitcoin standard or have you read this book and that one? Like, no, I haven't read any of them because all of these books came out after I was already a Bitcoiner. So I'm trying to see, you know, how much of my thoughts parallel or are similar to all these other people who have also come to Bitcoin, but who have been very influential in the space. Okay. I mean, interesting, but at the same time, the people who are reading it, who are saying, Hey, have you read this? Are, and people you're discussing with at brunch and other events are probably talking about the points that they hear, listen to in these books. And oh yeah, that's for sure. So no, mean, no matter what you're being exposed and influenced by to it. some extent, that's for sure. But it's not the same as if I like read this 250 page book and then I wrote an essay that was influenced by it. Like instead, of, okay, I'm influenced by the points people are making that they got from these books. I mean, that's, but that's not it's the meta. <laughs> you can't avoid the meta. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm only to some extent, right? I mean, there's, there's just so much other stuff for me to consume. Like I'm really focused on my career. So while I'm focused on my career, it's. I'm kind of creating this boundary. What was that Satoshi book you read? That was more history bound? Yeah. So the book of Satoshi was, um, first of all, that was from like 2014. And that was about Satoshi's writings. So it's a, you know, it wasn't very, um, like it wasn't explorative or, or speculative. It was very kind of like a historical review or analysis. Now, wouldn't Satoshi's opinion about Bitcoin be a philosophical outtake on Bitcoin? Yeah, but it wasn't about sort of like his opinions as much as kind of expressing like these these were what Satoshi's opinions were. So it's not trying to argue that they're good or bad, but it's tr just trying to clarify. Yeah. And I even I wrote um, one of my essays is called Satoshi's Vision. And it was kind of questioning whether it's important what Satoshi thought or believed. I think it's important to recognize as a historical landmark the role and influence that Satoshi had. But I think that as living um, progenitors of the Bitcoin blockchain, maybe progenitor is not the right word. <laughs> living living carriers. That's, that's another show title right there. Living, living progenitors. progenitors. What the hell does... Okay, I have to look that up real quick. I still like comedy craft better, but... Living progenitor. 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 Usually, like... A person or thing from which a person, animal, or plant is descended. Yeah, yeah so I'm saying so as the people who have descended from Satoshi, we have to decide for ourselves what's important in Bitcoin, what Bitcoin needs to be, and... Um, yeah, and not what we want it to be. And this is like a whole cultural 
consensus but, problem. But it's not like you're, it's, it's not like it's a book about the white paper. It's a book about Satoshi's opinions. It's not just his opinions though. I mean, it's, it's him talking about the way the protocol works. It's him clarifying things that people didn't understand about the way the protocol worked because there was the white paper, which you keep looking at, you know, my copy of the that white paper. That was my first time turning around. Oh, okay. And, um, no, I'm keep looking at it. and then there was the actual protocol and the actual software that he created and then the way it's evolved over time. And so, you know, both Bitcoin cash and Bitcoin Satoshi vision are tokens whose proponents or whose advocates try to claim that they are the real Bitcoin because they are more closely following Satoshi's opinions as, you know, delineated in the white paper or in, in those writings. Whereas I tend to be of the mind that it doesn't really matter that other than for historical kind of recognition for the purposes of, of understanding where things came from. Have you considered putting getting a tattoo of the white paper like along your back? It's like, a very strange thing for you to ask. <laughs> no, I have not thought about, I mean, I have I almost got like some, some kind of a Bitcoin um, tattoo once. It's like, you know how people get like the, um, the wallet version of their, of their diploma. No, I've never seen this trend before. <laughs> You've never seen that before. I have one. All right. So speaking of the essays of my essays, I, I, and, and also of, of uh, graphic novels, um, funny enough, I, I had the idea yesterday that it would be cool to turn a few, a couple maybe of my essays into comic books. I don't, I don't think the vast majority of them lend themselves to that, but a couple of them do. Specifically, there's one that I think of, um, maybe it was called Crypto Circus, but it's like got all of this kind of carnival imagery and there's a freak show and different kind of like interesting looking characters at the freak show and scenarios that are brought up. Um, so let me see. I, I definitely remember that one. So I, I think it would be, uh, you know, it'd be cool to turn a couple of them into comic books. And that's like another, but like a short one, you know, like, like, yeah. like a chapter or whatever. Yeah. Issue, like not, issue. not an, it, maybe, yeah, just one. Right. So like theoretically maybe in this uh, bigger book that I'm thinking about, maybe then I could publish that comic book within that, that bigger book as the version of the essay. That's right. It'll be the book of the essays. And then in the middle, it's like, the color uh, pages yeah. <laughs> with the comic. Yeah. That's kind of the idea I had, you know, cool. like for whichever ones of these that I turned into comic books. So Frank. call um, Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just, I, I really want the book to be sort of special. Um, I want it to be creative and engaging. And so that's just one way that I think it can kind of just increase the, the interest and the, now, the will reception. You, will you release it as, Captain Brunch or as uh, the Bitcoin nonprofit brunch? What? <laughs> That's a very confusing thing you just said. Like who's releasing the book? I mean, I would just release it as my normal, like, you know, as my, what, what do we call my normie, my, my, my uh, government name? <laughs> Captain? <laughs> I, I would release it under my government name, which is my given, <laughs> my given name. Um, and, I think as I mentioned before, I'd release it as a PDF. I, I would try to do some sort of a special uh, publishing that I would solicit my friends and family 
under a kind of, um, okay. So I think the book I have to publish as a kind of for-profit thing, like uh, the, the non whole the nonprofit thing is so complicated and we're going to have Jay on in the near future. Wasn't he supposed to be here today? No. Oh, he was not scheduled for today. He's coming. Uh, he's coming on the 25th. So that's two weeks from, from today. So I'm, I'm starting to break my, my established, um, behavior of never telling you anything about our guests. Maybe we should start promoting our guests ahead of time. Yeah. I'll make sure to, to dress up. What? <laughs> we have a guest coming. <laughs> okay. So I was so confused <laughs> on what the hell Chip was talking about. I mean, he's usually just naked. We're going to anyway. decorate the place, you know, <laughs> so put giant things. Welcome Jay. Yeah. So we'll have Jay. We'll talk about proof of work fitness, but we'll also talk about the potential. Um, oh, we got like a medicine ball there. Bitcoin nonprofit because Jay has been very interested in the forming of the Bitcoin nonprofit. So it would be cool to talk to him about that. Um, but in regards to the book, so I, like I said, I mean, I'm, pro I'm probably going to do like a, like a first edition printing kind of thing. That's going to be like, I'm going to try to make it really as nice as possible, like a hard cover with just like really nice paper and everything. And, and then I'm going to ask for enough money to not only print that, but then probably also to print, let's say like 10 of the cheaper simpler, more mass produced one, you know, so that like, I'm going to do a, the first edition sale maybe will be the, the, the crowdfunding for the mass production that I will then be able to maybe sell or give away, or I don't know. <clears throat> I just think there's something good about a physical copy. Have you considered the idea of little pamphlets with, with your essays? Like let's say you choose one essay and it's like a simple little pamphlet. And then at the end of the pamphlet, it says, you know, come to Bitcoin brunch, <laughs> 10 to three. Well, no, but, um, there could be maybe like collections. So maybe some themes collections, uh, because there are a few themes that kind of repeat themselves or come up several times throughout the series. So maybe there could be like a set that's just about kind of crypto. So they're all kind of warnings about, about playing with crypto and investing with crypto, or maybe there will be, you know, so there's different there's different kinds of things that could be done. That was the circus one. Well, this, yeah, that was one example of like an essay that was warning people about crypto, but I've did several of them during that time. So, you know, we'll see the, the main, uh, the ire of many people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people got, maybe people were, some people were confused or conf felt attacked perhaps by some of those essays, but, I mean, it's called Bitcoin brunch. So if you're a shit coiner coming to Bitcoin brunch, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. <laughs> I mean, am I sorry that I hurt people's feelings? Not really. Not really. Cause I don't try to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm a nice person. So if I hurt your feelings, it's probably that you're just too um, emotional. I'll remember that. <laughs> oh boy. I got some stabs coming. Oh gosh. And I mean, oh, if it, no, but it's different if you deliberately try to hurt my feelings. I what? just said that I just said I'm a nice person and I don't deliberately try to hurt anyone's feelings so that if I were to hurt your feelings, it's probably because you're too emotional. Now you, on the other hand, will deliberately try to stab me with a banana and then you're going to be like, oh, what are you complaining about? It's like, because well, you just stabbed me with a banana. It's just a banana. It's just a banana. <laughs> it's not even ripe. <laughs> so uh, one, I just want to talk a little bit more about comic books because 
I am supporting a Kickstarter for one of my, so as you know, I have this tattoo on my shoulder of a, a comic book character called Grendel. And Grendel was invented by a guy called Matt Wagner. And Matt Wagner is doing a, I guess it's kind of like a, you're not triggered. You're not living. <laughs> Matt Wagner is doing a prequel to the Dracula novel, I think. And so as a graphic novel, and so he's doing a Kickstarter and I decided to back it. There was like a, a special edition hardcover of the graphic novel that they're going to be selling 666 issues of, or six, I mean prints, and they're all going to be signed by the Impaler. Yeah. Looks cool. So it's book one. I don't know how many books they're going to do, but I decided to cough up like 150 bucks to buy this. Uh, I know, but I want to just, you know, I want to support independent artists and I, I've definitely not been able to support Matt Wagner vis-a-vis Grendel enough. You know, like I've bought some Grendel comic books, but I'm certain that because of the way the contracts and the publishing and distribution worked when I bought those comic books, he probably made very little money. I'm sure if you email him, he'll give you his cash out. Okay, but no, but I'm trying to... Now you want something out of it. I want value for value. Isn't the value of supporting one of your favorite artists? He's doing a Kickstarter. I don't understand how I'm, how is what I'm doing somehow? Like, why are you trying to cheapen my, the way that I, yeah, no, I'm not trying to just throw if money really at him. you really want to support him. No, I don't really want to support him. I really want to support him. All right. Oh, you purist. Well, you, you put purist it that way. Dictator. I just, you know, I just. Speaking of dictators. I just don't want you to, you know. To wax what? poetic. <laughs> to wax poetics. It's so funny. I'm doing an essay tomorrow for brunch called In Defense of Value for Value. <laughs> nice. <laughs> not, according to you, not really, it seems. All right. There's one more comic I want to mention. And I'm, I'm stealing all this stuff from the cartoonist Cafe. But what can I do? They have a lot of good comic books. I don't mention half the crap that they bring up. So. Do you remember Calvin and Hobbes? Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of Calvin and Hobbes books. I was I like loved that comic book strip, and so Bill Watterson, um, who created that series, he just recently came out with a book called The Mysteries, and it was a collaboration with another artist, The Mysteries. Bill Watterson, um, Bill Watterson, and some guy not named John. Ashed? Bill Watterson. Yeah, and John Cash. So anyways, this is a really cute little short comic book. And I don't know. I, I bought it. I read it. And I don't know how to describe this comic book. The art is very interesting. It's a very interesting style. And the story is kind of like sort of told like a fairy tale almost but it's an allegory about today ah, i don't know so th- that's uh, i'm gonna stop talking about comic books now i just wanted to mention those so it's been about one week since you looked at me two years <laughs> <laughs> two years and what is it what, what month are we in november so two years and eight months since the last one to the dentist uh huh. And when I went to the dentist. Oh, yeah. Recently, what happened? I'm fine. Oh, congrats. I said, Oh, you're great. <laughs> Why like, go to the dentist at all? <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? Well, okay. I did have a lot of buildup, but they took care of that. Yeah, but that's like a hygienist. You don't need to, you don't really need to go to the dentist. I mean, you need to go to a dentist's office usually to see a hygienist. 
And you probably should see a hygienist. Hygienist or hygienist? Hygiene, hygien. Yeah, I think it's hygienist. I always say hygienist. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter that It does much. matter. It doesn't. It really does. Chimp, go back up in your tree, okay? I can't handle this. You're, you're driving me crazy. Anyway, so that's a good sign. I mean, I didn't go to the dentist for maybe, what, 10 years of my life? And then I went, and they're like, oh, yeah, no cavities. You're good. Water picks are great. I think I think if, if, uh, if you're hesitant to floss because you just don't like flossing, and I suck at, like, I hate flossing because... For some reason, whenever I'm doing it, like I always squeeze, like it gets the the floss wrapped around my finger just gets tighter and tighter and tighter, and my finger starts to turn purple. Now I have one of those. Um, that's that's just the sadistic side of yourself coming out. <laughs> it's my my bad flossing technique. I have no those those little like those little things. It's a like, floss holder. Not a floss holder. It's like the little the little picks. The little yeah, the picks. Okay, it's a, it's a little floss holder. So I recommend a water pick slash oral irrigator to anyone who doesn't like to use a string floss. They're very, very effective. Which I wanted to ask you, are you still doing your own hygienisting? Hygienisting? What? What are you talking about? I remember you had a whole set of like... Yeah, every once in a while I'll like pick up my teeth. So I have like these different um, like metal and like rubber dental tools. And I'll use them to, you know, to scrape and clean. Like I have one that, that for going between, it's like a hook and it goes between the teeth. And that's really good for like scraping between the teeth and pulling out um, buildup. And then there's one for scraping like right under the, the gum line. And that's also good uh, every once in a while. But really, I, I, again, I can't repeat this enough. The most effective thing is to just use an oral irrigator regularly. Those are so nice. I used to have this one. I can't find it anymore. Probably like on on AliExpress or something. But there used to there, there's this one where you can actually um, screw it right into your to your uh, spigot, the faucet spigot, and then and then you can control the pressure by like how like how much water you put, and that's really nice because then you don't have to keep refilling a stupid um, tank, which is like usually these oral irrigators will have like a little tank that you fill up. And that sucks because I love when I get really, <laughs> it's so nerdy. Like I, I don't like to floss, but with the oral irrigator, sometimes you can get really into it and just like, just kind of sit there and like shoot the water at your mouth and you're just kind of feeling that water. Like a bidet Shooting for everywhere. your mouth. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like a bidet for your mouth. <laughs> so on to my next question. You got questions. We've got answers. What do you hear at night? Um, Oh man, my modem. It's so annoying. Like I kind of want to put the modem in the closet because <laughs> it's, your modem is that loud. Yes, it's what so the? loud. Like Comcast, I'm using the Comcast modem uh, and it's like this huge like, brick cuck. that's providing. I know I am such Comcast a cuck. Cuck. I'm such a Comcast cuck. That's There's no doubt about it. No, I'm, I don't call our show Comcast cuck. That's horrible. <laughs> is Black Friday? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you wanted to talk I'm more about this that? Yeah. Okay. So other than your electronics, do you hear anything at night? The air conditioner, the ringing in my ears. That's what I'm Oh, that's what you want to talk about, the tinnit- the tinnitus. Tinnitus. So do you suffer from tinnitus? Do you experience it? Yes. Okay. Um, I felt like I made mine go away. I remember there's a point in my life where like I would lay there because I don't have any 
computer sounds coming at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I turn my computer off or go sleep or whatever. It's just quiet. On my air purifier. I don't have that. And uh, I don't leave it on. And I'll just hear the sounds in my ears and it's just like so loud. For a while, I thought it was like I was just listening to, you know, the either. But no, it's just my fucking ears. So I was on a mission to, I cleaned my ears out. I remember I bought these little like drops and everything Mm -hmm. and I had intensive cleaning done. And I made tinnitus go away. I swear to you, it went away. And so I was convinced that it's the buildup of of earwax was so bad that it was just making like these Mm -hmm. weird sounds. Anyway, so recently the tinnitus came back and I'm like, okay, let me go to the doctor. Let me see what it really is. I went to an ENT. See what it really is. Okay. I feel like this is not going to go well. I hope it does. No, I mean, spoiler alert, it's just hearing loss. <laughs> but um, What is just hearing loss? What does that mean? Well, as musicians, we're going to have some high-frequency hearing. I'm actually having a hearing test on Thursday to see what exactly I've lost. Mm-hmm. But um, ENT, which is a really cool guy, um, he was like, your ears look too clean, <laughs> so stop cleaning them. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I guess some wax is for protection. Right. But um, no, it's just more and more likely just... High frequency hearing loss, which makes me sad. It reminds me of that one time where you did something and my ear was right next to the fucking PA speaker and it went, oh, God. you remember that? I'm sorry. I feel like that yeah. must have happened more than once. So every time I um, cause you emotional pain, it's I'm just remembering <laughs> that. Revenge. Revenge. Because <laughs> I lay awake at night hearing my frequency loss and I think about you, Captain. Bruce. Oh, my God. This is, this is horrible. I'm going to hell. I also get migraines oh, and the migraines went away when I was doing keto. So I don't know if it was a diet thing. And recently they've kind of been coming back. So I'm also wondering if it's like a sinus thing. ENT checked my nose, went in there. Your sinus is perfect. It's like my nose is slightly deviated to the left, but other than that. <laughs> so now I'm going to go see a neurologist because I do have a history of that in my family. Neurologist. So, Hey. I once saw a neurologist. Nothing was wrong with me that they could tell. Well. <laughs> okay, thanks. I could tell. Thanks, Chimp. Thanks, Chimp. So my question was, is Black Friday still a thing? Yeah. And then I want to buy a, a Google Pixel 7a. The problem with Black Friday is that it's not, it's not an event anymore. Now it's just like a time of, of the season. It's like, oh, Thanksgiving is coming up. You know, like yeah, it's Thanksgiving all fucking month. Like people already have Christmas hey, stuff up all freaking month, all freaking month. <laughs> like literally the day after Halloween, Christmas stuff started going because it's just to see this. So true. It used to be Black Friday was like okay, you know, at this hour we're gonna be there and we're all gonna storm the place and we're all gonna take TVs. Doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. So I'm trying to get the Google Pixel Seven A. Uh, it would be nice to be able to get it for like, what do you have? 87? 87? Just 7. 7? Google Pixel 7? Middle one. Yeah. I want the 7A. I'll sell you this one. I don't want that one. I want the 7A or the 8. Put it in your hand. Grab it. Get get away from me, chimp. Just try to throw shit at my face. So if anyone knows, if anyone hears about any good deals for that phone, you should def- definitely let me know. <laughs> this will be completely irrelevant, probably. Well, it'll be completely relevant very soon. 
Black Friday was still a thing, people in the future. Well, I did people get this still on sale. I think it was like $200 off when I got it. So I wouldn't yeah, be so surprised. If I, could get this, if I can get the eight for 200 bucks off, but I'd rather get the seven A in all honesty. Got 500 right now. So um, we don't have any boost, do we? So this is technically a value for value podcast, which means if you're listening on a modern podcast app on podcastapps.com, you can find modern podcast apps. So if you're listening to us either live or in a podcast app that has value enabled, you can send us um, boosts and boostograms. And so we, you know, we want to thank all the people who have ever done that for us. We really appreciate it. If you are listening to the podcasts today or in the future, I hope you send us some, uh, some value. If you've gotten any entertainment out of this time that we, Chimp and I have spent together. Have you considered going to, uh, what's it called? Google Fi again? No. Okay. It costs too much money. Like right now I have a, I have, um, a family plan with two lines, my two lines and my internet together cost me like a hundred bucks. And my two lines are unlimited 5g and my internet is like gigabit. So I think it's kind of hard to beat that deal. If I were to leave my Comcast cuckery, my cuckoldness, I would lose that deal. And then Google Fi is expensive. It's like 10 bucks a gig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you see what memory. I'm saying, right? Like the trauma. Like, like a gig. Yeah. Like a day. Yeah, there was... A, so Google Fi is really, really good if you're going overseas and you travel a lot for business or something like that. And at that point, 10 bucks a gig is not so bad. But it's pretty bad. Like if you can get a local SIM card, you're probably going to be spending like four bucks a gig. Yeah. I remember I was like three to five gigs a month. I was doing like three. I don't know. I can't remember. But I remember after a certain amount, they just don't charge you anymore. What? I don't believe that. Don't you remember when we went to California? I was like, fuck it. Just, just hit it because I'm going to hit like the max. And then Do they throttle you. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. So I'll get, they'll, they'll give me 175 bucks for this phone. That nice. sucks. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So I wanted to, um, to uh, take a moment of silence to commemorate the passing of Ukrainian democracy. So as of this week, the, um, the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, has called for the indefinite postponement of the Ukrainian elections until they <laughs> resolve the war. And so... Um, the, post the postponement of elections? Oh, yeah. my God. So, um, so in the near future, you know, we will... Just like Hamas has had the same uh, government since 2006 without an election... So too will Ukraine have the same government since 2000, uh, whenever without an election. You know, I mean, I'm not going to hold it against them. They are in the middle of a war, <laughs> but you know, we can't say that we're fighting for democracy. That that is going to be for sure, because that will be a contradiction in terms. Well, they'll bring democracy back as soon as they win the war. So we're fighting for democracy. <laughs> and you know what? The craziest thing I cracked up when I heard it this week. So. Uh, Volodymyr is so desperate for money and to keep this war going 
that he has literally like in, in a, in a recent video, he was saying, you know, if you, if you guys don't want to give us money, that's okay. Just give us a loan. <laughs> give us credits. Yeah. We'll pay you back after the war. After the war. Like, what the hell? So, I mean, I thought all of it was a loan to start with. So first of all, like what? And marked bills. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it seems like that war should be coming to an end soon, but I don't think it's going to be coming to an end anytime soon. Well, it's coming to a media media end. Yeah, maybe as we move our focus to this whole Israel-Palestine insanity. Here in the United States, um, I think that we should expect a government shutdown. I think it, we're going to have a government shutdown coming up soon. Um, the Or maybe a continuing resolution. So that seems the only other alternative to a government shutdown is a continuing resolution. You know what those are? Um, to just keep whatever we have now until we figure it out later? Uh, yeah, more or less. More or less. Um, a continuing resolution is theoretically a... Um, a decrease in spending. <laughs> it's a decrease in projected spending because every, cause like every year the budget is expected to grow. So if the budget doesn't grow, then that's considered a, a budget decrease. <laughs> this is the, this is like the weird craziness of government and bureaucracy. It's like, okay, if, the, if, if they were planning to, if they're spending a hundred billion this year, they're planning to spend 105 billion next year, but now they're only going to spend a hundred billion next year. Then they consider that a budget decrease. We decreased our budget $5 billion because the budget is, is um, projected. It's not actual. This is the craziness of government. And the Democrats who by the, by the by refuse to vote, you know, like at least the Democrats in the house, because they control, they don't control the house, they control the Senate, but in the house, they refuse to cooperate with the Republicans, but they are at the same time going to blame a handful of Republicans for, for holding the government hostage. So even though they themselves are doing the exact same thing as those, those Republicans, you know, of those few Republicans who refuse to vote for the budget because of, you know, like whatever their hardcore demands are, you know, so the Democrats are as usual hypocrites. Everyone think everyone thinks they're just. Yeah, their thing is just. Yeah, of course, but but again, I mean, this is a performative contradiction. Like the Democrats should tuck their tail between their legs and just find a way to agree on a budget with the Republicans. Because as I've mentioned for a few weeks now, if the Republicans, if the Democrats kind of get what they're what they're okay. So they're sitting here bitching about these, these few Republicans who don't want to cooperate with the rest of their party because they're so radical. Well, if the party, the Republican party comes up with a budget that is so radical that those Republicans will actually vote on it, then that means that they're going to send a budget to the Senate that the Senate will not agree to and that they're going to put the government in a, a deadlock. So as I said, uh, expect either a government shutdown or the only alternative is somehow that they're going to agree to continue um, last year's budget. I'll go with the latter. It's, yeah, I mean, that's usually what happens in a situation like this. It, it might be like that until the next election. Because what would happen if there's a government shutdown? Like, what would happen with the people? Like, 
Sure, it happened for a couple of days, but what happens for a month? I think the last time it was 19 days or something. It was a while. Yeah, it was a while ago, I remember that. Um, there's a lot of furloughs, you know, so there's a lot of government services that are postponed. Um, and they still get back paid though, right? Yeah, so then in the end it ends up costing us more anyways. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. And it says Bitcoin does good on shutdowns. <laughs> it also says white sugars, white carbs give you a gateway. For some reason, I read that as um, white sugars are, are the devil. <laughs> they are the devil. Which are which they are. I, 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 I enjoyed um, <clears throat> Adam's recent um, thing against sugar because it's so true, man. Like, oh, I see it all day at That's work. Adam Curry. Yeah, I see it all. No, it's Adam, my best friend right here. Hanging out with us. <laughs> okay, so all day at work when you go to the office? Right. All day at work at the office, I see it just like people constantly needing some source of sugar. Everywhere, everywhere. It's crazy. And it's just like, oh, oh my addicting. God. Sugar's a drug. You're so addicted. You're Oreos so are more addictive than cocaine. And then, I, and then I'll fall into the trap because, you know, I'm just like, you know, it's just camaraderie. You want to eat together. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll have a piece of that brownie or a piece of that muffin. It's like, before you know it, you're like, oh, I want some, some more muffins. I want some more muffins. But it's just like, no must stay away and then there won't be any cravings because you're not constantly eating it yeah i think about that sometimes like if i um cave in at work in the morning and get like a pastelito from the roach coach it definitely sets kind of like a different um like i want more i want to eat more right so like when the 10 a.m break comes i want to eat like a you know um a croqueta or something, you know, so I start to like crave more carbs. And whereas if I don't do that first thing in the morning, like it kind of, I don't end up craving so much. Yeah. And I mean, I love enjoying sweets. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, if it's a daily thing, uh, well, whatever. So last week you brought up, and this is kind of random for me, you brought up Diablo four and then I, I feel like I heard about Diablo 4, but I was at the same time also kind of like shocked that such a thing exists. I was like, man, why didn't they stop after Diablo 3? They probably should have stopped after Diablo 2. So what was that about? What was, what's the story there? Like Diablo is a game from a company called Blizzard. And in, Dia in the Diablo series, it's a role-playing game. And you play as some sort of like adventuring character that descends into hell and eventually fights and defeats the demon Diablo. No, you descend into a, a, a cathedral. Cathedral. That's in the first Diablo. And I think all and of it's them. catacombs. It's not a cathedral. No, it's, you start at the cathedral, then it Is goes it into the catacombs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the, the monastery or whatever. That's, monastery. that's where the butcher that's is. That's what it is. Yeah. I think. Ah, fresh meat. I think all of them are like that. All of them you start in like in a Diablo church, like, two. There's like different world. There's like different planes. Yeah, like yeah Each yeah. act had like a different place that you went to. So in one of them you were like going into some kind of a tropical kind of First, Aztec sort of temple kind of thing. The second one was a desert, and then the third one was the more tropical one. I think. Yeah, I can't remember. It's been a long time since I played Diablo two. Either way, you're still going down. There's, it's always you're going level two, level three, level four. And, and then the deeper I you go. I didn't really play Diablo three because I don't even remember why I didn't really play Diablo three. Um, maybe I didn't have a computer that could do it. Maybe I didn't want to spend the money on it. Maybe like Activision had already merged with Blizzard at that point, and oh, I was yeah. kind of like revolting against Activision. But so then, 
Diablo five came out. So five, four. Hold on. So what was the deal with that? I mean, real quick, I, I enjoyed Diablo three. Yes, it was a complete step away from one and two, but it was just the people I played with. So it was, that's what, that, that's what made it fun for me. If I was playing it by myself, I'd be like, yeah, this game was all right. But it was just um, the camaraderie. Four is just the one that just came out now, and apparently the the new bad guy is Lilith. So you know Lilith, Lilith. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it looks really good. Like like from because it was free over the weekend. I think last weekend, so I downloaded it. Like only free to play, up to level twenty. Oh, <laughs> and then on it ended on October thirty first, and then November first, you got like a twenty five percent off. I didn't have any fucking time, so I didn't. I, I downloaded it. I played for like freaking a minute, and then it was just like, okay, I have stuff to do. I think you brought up something interesting. It's that today, much more so than when I was coming up with video games, but even when I was coming up with video games. Your buddy is playing it, though. Need Creations? Uh, well, so it's how social games are today. It's such a big aspect of why people play games is, is the, the social connectivity that it gives them. I was talking to my cousin and he said exactly that, that, you know, the most of the games I play nowadays are multiplayer games. Like, and I, and I thought, and I think about it, like, not me. <laughs> I'm the not lonely one. I'm the one playing games by myself. Like I'll play them together with the people, but I just, I don't. No, I usually want to play solo. I usually want to play by myself. I want to play at my own pace. I want to play the way I want to play. I don't, I tend to play games that are a little bit more thoughtful, games that I can pause. Like I'm not I'm not usually much of a save scummer. Save scummer? Yeah, that's when like you're gonna save right before Oh yeah an yeah, important yeah, thing yeah. happens and if like the thing goes wrong, then you force quit the game and then you load from the save. Yeah, from save states from <laughs> emulators. I'm not so much like that. Like I'm more likely to completely restart a game than to save scum. I like to play games where, you know, there's a long game um, and you're building up towards something. Nah, I definitely I'm save, not a social gamer. I definitely save scum because of RPGs and just grinding, grinding, grinding. You don't want to like lose a game because of something, <laughs> some computer messes up and then you have to go back five levels. Like, no. <laughs> You're not losing anything there. You're just it's just grinding lost. No experience. Anyway, so I think we're running out of steam. Yeah. It's been a long, long, long time. I'm off through, I'm off through Thursday though. So Oh yeah? Yeah, I'm enjoying my time. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I am very glad to hear that. Yeah, my position at work is changing. Um, it was a tentative position to begin with, so it was contingent upon my boss in her position, and she's not going to keep that position, unfortunately, due to X, Y, Z reason. So now she just got hired to another position, so she's going to be leaving, which kind of terminates my current intern position. So I'm still floating through February. And my department finds me useful enough to keep me around. So I'm not going to go back to the phones. So I'm just going to be applying to other things. I hope you find that right other thing for you. Sure, I will. There's so many fucking things. 
There's this one really cool. Wow, he's cursing like a sailor today. I mean, I started off kind of heavy, but I've been able to next back episode, off. Next episode, next <laughs> episode. We'll start from the start. No, no cursing. <laughs> there's so many different positions. There was this one thing as an analyst for like financial crimes. It's really interesting. You should definitely get into that. I applied, so we'll see. It just you have to know people. You have to like talk to people, and you know, and just try and get your name in there. Because I definitely have them. Gotta wear some pretty lipstick. Well, you know. Tight, 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 tight jeans. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely have the credentials when it comes to it. Like, I, I always get top marks. But it's just a matter also of knowing people. So. The more you know. more people you know. Well, it's been nice, chimp. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Like I said, we'll have Jay coming in a few weeks. We're going to have uh, Judina the week after that. Oh. Uh, shout out to Panda. Shout out to Panda and anyone else out there in the universe. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night Lit. I'm Captain Brunch. And this is Chimp signing out. Hitting 40K by the end of the month. 